Second half of Main Street Sports today. Coming up, we'll talk with Teresa Walker with the Associated Press. The NCAA tournament's on the horizon. The SEC tournament starting today. We'll get her take, plus a little MLB conversation. Get the latest on that. Uh, And Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Now to the two zaniest guys this side of the Duck River. It's the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton. The Sudrive kid from Alabama, Chris Yow. You know... I've been described a lot of ways. I don't think Zany has ever been one of them. Other than on this show, clearly. But, but yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure it applies to me on this show. I think you're the Zany. Maybe you're Zany enough for both of us. Mo, guilty by association. <laughs> oh, there, there we go. There we go. Gatorade Girls Basketball Player of the Year, State of Tennessee, Carly Weathers of Loretto High School. Solid. Hey, Gatorade's in the family. Ryan was the... Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like... Baseball Gatorade. Uh, Ryan was the national. The national. It's, this this is yeah. the state. This is the state. Yeah. And it'll run up too. Yep. I guess both will have Gatorade for life now, right? Does that come with it? I'm not I, sure I how think, long it is. But, yeah. I don't think you're allowed to drink anything else the rest of your life if you're named Gatorade Player of the Year. Yeah. One I just think. feel like. That's just, just, a, just a thought. But uh, anyway, um... As I was, obviously, you know, Major League Baseball has been on the the forefront of some conversations on this show because of one hour affinity for Major League Baseball. But also, this, this whole CBA negotiation has just been crazy. Mm-hmm. It appears that MLB has come up on their CBT offer, which, and has added a third tier to the luxury tax, by the way, which is being affectionately called the Steve Cohen tax, uh, the owner of the Mets, who basically does not care how much money he has to spend. He's going to spend it. And, and how's that working for him, by the way? Well, I, I think he's decided, you know, if, if the money I was spending wasn't enough, double it. I'm I'm not much in the vein of Amanda Newton, my Dallas Cowboys fan that we referred to a little bit ago. Do what you got to do. But they're still going to be looking up at somebody. I mean, I hope. Yeah. Um, obviously, as Braves fans, we want to see the Braves at the forefront and the, and the top of that league. Mm-hmm. But um, – 16 hours they negotiated yesterday. It it appears that they'll take 40 million on the uh, pre-arbitration number, but they will not uh they they will not accept an international draft, which David Ortiz has come out in absolute uh against, against. it. Mm-hmm. So he he and he actually said, in principle, I don't hate the idea. It's just you're trying to put it together in six months, and that's not good. That's not going to be. That's not going to work for folks here in the Dominican. So <laughs> you just go ahead and do that. So count us out. Yeah. So it, it does appear that um, it's pretty close to a deal 
So I'm looking forward to it. I think that this is this is going to get done this week and could potentially uh, they would start early April, first week of April or so, and then make up the first few games in doubleheaders throughout the year. So I, I, so that would still maintain a 162-game schedule then? It would maintain a 162-day uh, game schedule. Okay. It, it it really looks like again. It looks like they're they're close. So I, I'm just I'm feeling good at this point. Cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. Um, right now, according to Oriole statistics, uh, he has compiled the information from different sources. The MLBPA's minimum salary is at seven twenty five. MLB is at seven hundred. So I feel like they're that that's that's pretty easily uh, taken care of. CBT, the owners are at 230. The players are at 232 and going up each year. The players want to get to 250 where the owners say they'll stop at 242. Hmm. So that's still close enough for some room. The pre arbitration bonus pool is where they're still about 25 million off. MLBPA hmm. is looking for 65. Major League Baseball wants 40. And. In the grand scheme, none of those numbers are that far off. Mm -hmm. And and there shouldn't be anything there that's deal breaking at that point. Uh, you ought to be able to reach some kind of a, if not a happy medium, certainly a medium. Here is the ironic part. Mm -hmm. Steve Cohen is basically on the player's side. He wants the money as high as possible. The other 29 owners are the ones who are trying to keep the money down. Mm -hmm. Cohen's like, yeah, whatever they want, just you know, all the money. Well, not everybody's got Steve Cohen money. I mean, yeah, you own a professional baseball franchise, but that don't mean you have all the money. So, um, I, I just, I feel like this is, this is close. And so does Evan Drillich and Jeff Passan. So, Maybe by the end of the week we can announce Man. Major League Baseball will be back. I would be good with that because I keep going to high school sporting events and people, like you said, knowing that we are baseball fans and Braves fans in particular, keep accosting me. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to get baseball? You know what? And I'm like, dude. <laughs> no, and until we do, we're the world champs. <laughs> <laughs> you you will refer to me as a fan of the world champion Atlanta Braves, Chris Yao, in 2006, Time Man of the Year. <laughs> we should put that in our bios. <laughs> Fans of the world champion Atlanta Braves, yeah. A yeah. Uh, couple things in, in college basketball before we get here. One, did you see the fight in the Bryant-Wagner game? Saw it, heard about it. Nuts. I sent you the greatest video of all time on Twitter. <laughs> JP, have you have you seen this fight? I have not. Okay, mm. so the Bryant student section and the Wagner student section in the Northeast Conference Championship were basically sitting next to one another, which okay. strike one. That was dumb anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Two, the Bryant <laughs> students got a little unruly because they were winning and you know. We can't hear you scoreboard bullcrap. And not, not they weren't just winning. 
Oh, they it were was winning. like sixty-eight thirty-two or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And so they ended up playing the last four minutes of the game with no fans. They just kicked, the kicked whole, everybody, everybody out. <laughs> so non, was, non-students included. Everybody, you yeah. got to go. Everybody's wow. got to go. We, That's fan shaming. It's, where it's forcing fan shaming, forcing those non-students to shame those students that mm-hmm. made them leave. There you go. It was wild. <laughs> and I, I mean, the video is phenomenal, by the way. So you guys should definitely watch it. But Bryant did win uh, eventually and will. And by way of winning their conference tournament, they will advance to the National Collegiate Athletic Association's 68-team national tournament to determine a national champion in the Atlantic sun Bellerman <laughs> won their conference championship, but will not advance to the 68 team national collegiate athletic associations, national tournament to determine a national champion. And why is that? Because as we've told you on this show earlier this week, they are not eligible due to moving up from division two uh, within the last four years. Two years ago, I believe it was. This is their second year. Mm-hmm. In their second year, they won the conference tournament. And as Tommy seems like that's to be rewarded. One would think, <laughs> as Tommy Bryan would tell you, he'd rather be hot than, than good. good. Because sixteen days ago, Jacksonville State beat Bellerman by fifteen at Bellerman. <laughs> okay, and Jacksonville State, by way of being the regular season A Sun champion will advance to the NCAA tournament because Bellerman cannot. Mm-hmm. And that's just that those are the bylaws in the A sign. All right. Should the NCAA change its transition rule? Yes. Before I can tell you yes, the NCAA should change its transition rule, I need to know why it's in place. It doesn't make any sense to have it. I don't know why it, it, on there its, was. On its face, it doesn't make sense. I mean, if I knew why, then maybe I could say, oh, okay, I get that it. That makes sense. Yeah, but I don't I don't know why. I just don't think that there is a good reason why. So, And there may not be, but there may be. <laughs> there should, in fact, be a rule change, both allowing a team who moves from a lower division to a higher division if they – to can be, to be immediate. Yeah, if you can win a conference tournament, then you should get yeah. to go to a national tournament. But I argue that they should change. You, the, you can stop right there. I argue that that's enough for Chris, isn't it, JP? I will argue <laughs> that I don't know why we play mid-major regular seasons. Mm. Why you play mid-major? Reg- They're for, useless. For seeding? They're useless. Yeah, for seeding for the tournament. I mean, you should either play one or the other. I mean, they play the tournaments for the money. Here's what you do. The regular season champ gets the AQ to the NCAA tournament. The tournament champion, if not the AQ, gets the NIT bid. Swap them. Because well, you, are, you, are, you are rewarding a uh, season You're long. rewarding a hot team instead of a good team. That's correct. That's my argument. That that is my rule change that I would submit. You guys I don't do. necessarily have an issue with that. Let's talk to Teresa Walker. Speaking of conference tournaments, 
We'll talk about the SEC tournament that she will probably be posted up at courtside on Media Row. So I don't know. It's in Tampa. Oh, that's right. It is in Tampa. She probably won't be. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt plays tonight, though, so we'll talk to her about that and probably some Preds and Titans stuff, too. So y'all stick around on Main Street Sports today. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck, yes. That'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Main Street today is your half-hour coffee break with Devin O'Day featuring lifestyle, inspiration, and entertainment news. Main Street today, it airs live weekdays at 11 a.m. Central, or you can catch it on demand on all of Main Street media social platforms, including highlights on Instagram at Main Street Today Radio. Take your daily coffee break with Devin O'Day on Main Street today, weekdays at 11 a.m. on Main Street media social platforms. Back to Mo and Chris. You guys drink coffee midday? Any time of the day for me. My mom is that. Not way. really. I'm, I'm more of a morning coffee guy. My mother drinks coffee from, from seven in the morning to, to she goes to sleep. <laughs> it's all day long. I, I don't. I, it blows my mind. <laughs> this this is a woman who will keep the same coffee beans in her coffee grounds in her coffee maker all day long and just add one scoop to it every time she makes a new cup it's incredible and then dumps it at the end of the day that's better than you know filling it up every time that, that is true yeah <laughs> this cracks me up anyway welcome back in main street sports today coming to you on this hump day edition almost to the back side of the week now we get to talk to 
our friend Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, who has been keeping up with a lot of different things lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, most recently, the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament. And I'm sure she's seen some previews and some she, she's certainly t- keeping an eye on the men's tournament as well so we will talk to her as the men's tournament is getting ready to tip off here in just a couple of hours Teresa welcome in how are you I am good and you know hey it's March you know it's a it's a month so crazy they call it March Madness so uh, yeah I was actually talking with a colleague earlier today he kind of wishes that NFL free agency had not been bumped back a week, but considering that you know the SEC has turned Nashville into its uh, men's basketball home for the tournament, you know this year being just kind of the exception with them being in Tampa, I don't mind it because I'll tell you guys, there's been a couple years where you know Titans are busy in free agency and I've got games. It's like I feel like I'm being pulled, you know, more than usual, you know, ten different ways from Sunday. So uh, I'm kind of enjoying the fact that the SEC is in Tampa this week and enjoying the fact that, uh, you know, yeah, Titans have been a little busy and, you know, free agency kicks off a week from today. Guys, at 3 o'clock Central Time, a week from today, uh, NFL free agency goes insane. And, you know, considering what's happened the last couple days, I mean, anybody else having fun? How active would you expect this team to be in free agency? No, they got to be active in a way just to keep the guys that they want to keep. I mean, you know, everyone was panicking yesterday when they didn't uh, tag franchise uh, franchise tag on Harold Landry, but it's like people were acting like, "Oh, that means they're not going to get a deal done." And sh- sure enough, hours later, you know, there I confirmed the reports of the five year extension. So, you know, it, they didn't want to let him go. And then this morning, they've got a trio of guys who undrafted. To well, at least two of them are undrafted, and Tier Tart. Uh, who started 10 games this last year. And then, oh, yeah, uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina, who, you know, surprisingly enough, was the second-ranked receiver behind A.J. Brown in catches, yards, and touchdowns. So, uh, you know, they've, they've been busy. And, oh, yeah, there's Ben Jones, who's now the top target out of, you know, potentially hitting free agency a week from today that they've got to turn their attention to. And they've got to create some cap space. This team is still millions of dollars. You know, depending on which, you know, over the uh, cap has them at, like, uh, effective cap space, it's $10 million. So, uh, you know, if this team has got a lot of business to get done before free agency starts. And, and it all, the, all the fun starts Monday in the legal tampering period where they can start talking deals and agree to deals that can't be announced until after the uh, new league year starts on Wednesday. So th- this team, that front office, is very busy, and it's going to get busier um, because, you know, do you keep a Chester Rogers? You know, how many of these guys do you just go ahead and leave and, and see if you can upgrade on in, in pre-agency? I think that them keeping the guys that they've already made, you know, the moves they've already done shows an indication that they want to kind of keep the band together. Speaking with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press here on Main Street Sports today. And, Teresa, I may have badly phrased my question how active do you expect the titans to be with free agents who are not currently on their roster yeah and i probably misunderstood that question that's a great question though they've got 
so many guys of their own that are hitting free agency. Uh, you know, and I, you know, they, it depends on how much cap space do they clear up, you know, uh, because, you know, they could re- they could create a lot of space by just simply redoing contracts, Taylor Long, Kevin Byard, you know, Roger Saffold, who's going into the final year of his deal, uh, you know, shoot, cut Jack Rabbit Jenkins and go, you know, see if you can maybe upgrade at, you know, your veteran cornerback. So, uh, you know, active, I, I, the one thing that we have seen them do under John Robinson is be more surgical. You know, it's not like they're out there spending money left and right, but they're going out and addressing the needs that they have. And, you know, right now the biggest two needs for this team, tight end, because they never really truly got a number one tight end to replace Johnny Smith, and then depth at wide receivers. So, um, you know, and, and, and they don't have a second-round pick right now in the April draft, so they are going to have to fill, fill some of those holes in free agency. So, you know, now I, I thought Mike Kosicki, a tight end from Miami, would have been a great target for them, but he got franchise tagged. Uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of names on the tight ends suggested out there. Uh, I'm avoiding Gronkowski. I'm sorry, but he's old and, and he, he's been injured too much the last few years. I, I'm staying away from him. C.J. Azuma, who I just saw in the uh, Super Bowl and Titan fan saw him with the uh, Bengals. You know, that's a guy that I think could be a, a nice target for them. So I, I think that they're going to go, you know, don't expect them to be, you know, coming off the top rope, spending money left and right. That one that hasn't been John Robinson's uh, mode of operating. And, uh, you know, I, I, how much he goes into this free agent market is going to depend on how much cap he creates. Uh, because, you know, that to me is the big thing now. Trying to keep Ben Jones and, and if they choose to do that. And then creating cap space so that they can do anything else. They're going to have to create space so that they can actually sign their uh, free, uh, their rookie draft class this year. So, uh, you know, it, it, how active they are is going to depend on how much space they create. OJ Howard? I wouldn't mind seeing him at all, right? Uh, you know, that's the thing. Go for, and what we've seen them do is go for younger players, you know? trying to get guys coming off their first contracts because when you're getting somebody coming off that second or third contract, that's when you get age, you get, you know, some more injury issues and things like that. And, you know, to me, O.J. Howard is still among the younger group of tight ends that I wouldn't mind taking a look at. He's been my number one name for tight ends from day one. Uh, But I was also hoping that Brady might stick around so Gronk would stick around and OJ would be like, let me get out of here <laughs> and go somewhere where I can be the guy. Um, now at this point, I don't know. He may be like, let me get out of here because I don't know who else is going to be the guy. <laughs> who right. knows? Especially since Godwin apparently was not tagged. So I don't know what they're doing there anyway. Um, Teresa, I want to talk about the SEC basketball tournament switching gears here momentarily because mm-hmm. – Vanderbilt does play tonight. Unfortunately, they have to play in that th- this day one of the tournament. They get Georgia, who they have beaten twice this year. Um, how far can Vanderbilt go in this tournament? With Liam Robbins and Rodney Chapman uh, and uh, Scotty Pippen, I-, I-, I would not be surprised to see them maybe win two games at this tournament, which would set them up for a Friday game against Kentucky. If I re- if I remember the bracket properly, and you know, they played Kentucky fairly decently uh, in Memorial Gym, and they didn't have Robbins and 
if Chapman played, I didn't make a ton of uh, uh, impact on me. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is they are 7-3 and three with Rodney Chapman on the floor. You know, this is a guy who transferred over from Dayton. You know, he was with that team that was doing, you know, if not for COVID, that Dayton team was in position to, you know, to maybe chase a national championship. So he is a very talented player, and to have him on the roster is a huge, huge help. So, yeah, I think they, they could go win maybe two games and then see what happens on Friday against, you know, Kentucky. And, you know, if they can get two wins, they just might play themselves into an NIT bid. So, you know, that's the thing. We haven't seen this team truly healthy all season long, not all together. And now, you know, they're feeling a little confident down there. You know, they had Jordan Wright and Scotty Pippen talking to us yesterday via Zoom, and they both sound like they can't wait to tip the ball off. Now, that said, this is a team that has had a lot of close games yet again. And they've got to start showing that they can close those games out, make the plays, and, 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 you know, score the basket and get the points that they have to have when it's winning time. We haven't seen as much of that from these Commodores. So, uh, you know, this is going to be the only time this team goes together, you know, because uh, uh, Chapman, Robbins, both graduate transfers, Scotty Pippen, he came back to, to prove to the NBA that, yes, he could win some games. This is the moment is now for him to see what he can help this team do. You know, Teresa, you you mentioned Rodney Chapman. Great story on the Athletic today by a friend of the show, Joe Rexroad, and and he didn't just transfer from Dayton. Vanderbilt is his third stop. He started at UT Chattanooga or Chattanooga, as I think they prefer to be called. But um, this this guy's kind of been around the block, and he's had some had some tough situations like you said the COVID situation that kept Dayton from really pursuing a national championship he's been hurt and I'm not sure that that hamstring is 100% as they go into this ball game tonight either so um, that'll definitely be something to watch as as Vanderbilt kind of puts its hopes on having a healthy Rodney Chapman oh absolutely and, and that's the thing I mean you know, with both Robbins and Chapman, you know, health has been such an issue for them. So, uh, you know, if they can keep them healthy and if that hamstring can survive, you know, I, I just want to see what this team is. You know, uh, people, I know there's some Vandy fans that are kind of getting down on Jerry Stackhouse. You know, it's like, why aren't we better than this? And it's like, well, he, he brought some guys in to try to make them better. And, you know, you, you can't fix injuries. I mean, shoot, it's almost like there's a black cloud over that entire program you know, predating Jerry Stackhouse. I mean, Bryce Drew was done in by injuries to uh, Darius Garland. So, you know, it, it's just been a running thing for a few seasons now. So maybe maybe they're just due to have some decent luck as far as guys being healthy. And if they do, that can, you know, that literally can be the difference this time of the year. The difference this time of the year is strictly getting hot and getting good guard play. The positive for Vanderbilt is they have great guards. <laughs> and, and at this point in the year, especially against a team like in, in the second round, if they were to uh, win tonight, they'd get Alabama, who has certainly struggled at times. So it's it's this is certainly interesting. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how, uh, how this tournament plays out because, like you said, Mo, deepest SEC we've seen in a long time, top four seeds. If we don't see – two top four seeds in the championship, it would not surprise us. Uh, the The depth of this 
Southeastern Conference, Teresa, all year long has just been uh, insane. Oh, it absolutely has. And and I think the thing we're all waiting to watch is as good as these teams were at home. You know, Tennessee goes undefeated. Uh, you know, Arkansas so dominant at home beating Auburn and Kentucky and Tennessee. And, you know, Kentucky at Rupp doing well. I mean, you know, and Auburn, of course, uh, you know, they've just dominated at home. Now they got to do it on a neutral court uh, in a town. I'm curious to see what the attendance is. We know what the crowds are like when they're at Bridgestone. And, you know, I, I won't be surprised at whoever ends up winning this tournament. Uh, I, I, the one thing that I'm curious, Tennessee hasn't won it since 1979. It's been a long time. And a year ago, they were playing really, really well. And John Fulkerson, you know, took an elbow from Omar Payne, knocked him out of the uh, semifinals against Alabama, knocked him out of the uh, NCAA tournament loss to Oregon State. You know, so, you know, they're, you know, yes, they lost Olivier and Kamwa, but they're healthy. And, you know, the development of Kai Ziegler, Kennedy Chandler, and Jonas Adu, you know, Adu, who's come in and been huge with the loss of, you know, Nkamwa. So uh, I'm really curious to see. I can't wait for tip-off on Friday night with the Vols to see, you know, what can they do. And, and, and yes, I know there's Vol fans out there right now saying, well, sure, that's fine, but I want to see what they do in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I hear this in my own house about, you know, they're going to probably lose to a beer league team once they do get to the NCAA tournament. But We know who you know, said that. Is, this, yes, we do. <laughs> but here's the here's the thing. It, it, don't worry. He he I, he drives me crazy saying that. But there's some validity to He's it. He's not right? wrong. No one wants to face Sister Jean in the tournament. But uh, you know, this is a team that back before the season started, a lot of us thought, hmm, with the talent they've got, could this be Tennessee's first Final Four team? And they're playing really, really well right now, and with a chance to prove whether or not they can go do it. So this is what we've been waiting for. Teresa, I am reading Blake Lovell, who covers the SEC for Southeastern 14, and he asked a question on his Twitter, what is your favorite moment in the SEC tournament? Do you have a favorite moment in your time covering the Southeastern Conference tournament? Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm going to say thank you to Ron Higgins. It was the year that uh, DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall were playing uh, for Kentucky. In the championship game, uh, John Wall hits a shot the fourth overtime. Now, it was right before the buzzer. So I'm checking to see, did the shot count? Are we going to overtime? I have to send an alert or let New York know we're going to overtime so we can do a little advisory. And all of a sudden, DeMarcus Cousin and John Wall are coming. You know, they're celebrating. And then they end up coming all the way to the other end of the court in front of where I'm sitting and end up rolling on the floor into the table that I am trying to write at. Thank God Ron Higgins is like six seven and he helped hold you know, like Hodor, he held the table, right? To keep it from rolling over on us. And uh one former well late uh, Dave Martin, photographer for the Associated Press, he took a picture of me kind of reacting in that moment because I'm I'm doing like five things at once, right? And all of a sudden the table's moving and these huge men Marcus Cousins is a big boy. He's rolling into the table. I, I, you know, I, yeah, panic. Uh, it's not a picture I wanted to keep because the look, I'm, it's like I had 14 chins there because I'm like, ah! So, uh, thankfully, Ron held the table. I was able to take and get the advisory sent and then refocus quickly for overtime. So, that was a fun moment. You know, when you're sitting at courtside, you get a lot of guys coming at you. That was one where I thought the, they were coming right into my lap. Before we let Teresa go, 
gotta say it was announced um on march 4th what was that friday thursday friday i don't remember they started to run together anyway congratulations to Teresa for being involved in the ap package of the year for um their coverage of the ongoing NBA at 75 series. She was involved in that along with um, Tim Reynolds, Brian Mahoney, Kyle Hightower, Eddie Pels, and Cliff Brunt, along with um, some photo and video folks. So um, the, the honors just keep coming for T. Walker, and congratulations on that from the um, APSE. Thank you. Thank you, Mo. I was I was part of our NFL at 100 project, which that won a couple of years ago. Um, and I, I'm telling my editor, it's like, can we get a little teeny plaque for this one? We didn't, you know, there was one plaque for the NFL project. It's like, can we get little teeny plaques at least for this one? Because it feels a little bit more real when you get a plaque. But thank you very, thank you very much, Mo. And, and I say, working on this, if you haven't checked it out, uh, we have a hub for the NBA at 75 on APnews.com. And I, I, I've covered the the NBA for you know 20 years now, but to, to, to dive in from the start of this league and all the travails that it went through, and I've, I've worked hard on a timeline that uh, we looked at stuff off the uh, court. We didn't just limit it to the things that were going on in basketball. Uh, a lot of fun going through history and pulling up pictures and, and, and digging up AP was their stories. I've been typing those in as well. Lots of fun seeing how we, you know, our AP style has changed over the years. Yes, it has. We can use percent signs now. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, thanks. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. When we come back, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, the weirdest, weirdest and wildest news from across the world on Main Street Sports Today. Y'all stick around. Folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. 
<laughs> wild and wacky getting started early here in the break as we have found one of the most unique uh, situations we've ever seen I, in the college basketball world. I, it, what's what's better than unique? I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that. It's ever. It, it's literally the, it, it is unique in its own right. There is, it's never happened I, in that I can. Not that I've seen. Okay, the the Wagner Bryant game last night that we already referred that we've to, referred to earlier. Um, the Wagner coach, E. Bashir Mason, Bashir Mason, in his tenth year as Wagner coach, was dressed differently <laughs> last night. Full way to put it. In February, his star senior guard, Elijah Ford, tore his ACL and meniscus, ending his college career. In every game since, Bashir Mason, the coach, has worn the jersey of Elijah Ford on the sideline while coaching. Is it a tank top style? It is. It looks. It, it is, is he his wearing t shirt? He's underneath? got a t shirt underneath. Okay. It. He does have a T-shirt underneath. At least he's got a T-shirt. That would that would take it over the top if he did not have a T-shirt <laughs> underneath. If the coach was going up there, bare arms and all, baby. Yep. yep. Well, Skinny shooting sleeve. Yep. Shooting sleeve. Yep. Just, there you go. Shooting sleeve. I like it. Mm-hmm. Fingers taped. Oh, yeah. 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 Like he's gonna check in at any That's minute. Right. Well, this is not unusual in baseball. I mean, baseball coaches wear the uniform wear the of uniform. their team, so it's just. Unusual in any other sport. Any other sport. <laughs> what, what if Rabel showed up in full gear Just with shoulder pads and a helmet? Yeah. <laughs> this is, anyway, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, not the only wild and wacky thing that happened last night in terms of sports and basketball. Did you happen to see the warm-ups between the Clippers and Warriors last night? Did not. Jackie Moon. Oh, I did see a highlight of that. Was there you go? Was warming up with the Warriors last night and hits a well about a 45, 50 footer from the Warriors logo. Banks it in. Is that is that Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jackie Moon. No, no, no. Is Will But for those who don't know, Jackie Moon is a character played by Will Ferrell in the movie Semi Pro, mm-hmm. and he. Plays for the Miami Tropics or Detroit? Uh, Detroit no, Tropics. Flint. Flint Tropics. Flint Tropics. Flint, Tropics. Flint Michigan. That's right. And Flint. Flint Michigan Tropics. Tropics. Yes, yeah. that's, yes. Which is very Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's it, it's it's insane. So there's that. <laughs> now we get into wild and wacky from across the world bottles of champagne are being recalled across the European Union because well if you can't have party, a fun enough party with champagne alone just put liquid ecstasy in your champagne because mm. that'll liven it up Woo. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing liquid ecstasy oh yeah you I can, guess you, you can, can liquefy, liquefy anything, anything right <laughs> <laughs> What's that? It's poke. You owe me a coat. Yep. Yeah. What? Shoot. <laughs> wow. Anyway, uh, such bottles have believed to have been tampered with, of course, completely emptied of champagne and filled instead with pure liquid MDMA. Oh, wow. So it's not a mix. No, it's not a mix. No, it's it's just straight, straight up. Straight liquid up. Ex- oh. 
That's uh, <laughs> I mean, hey. Mm. I, apparently, there have been no reported incidents. But uh, I figure if you pour out champagne and it doesn't bubble, you probably think, man, I probably shouldn't drink this. I wouldn't. I would not drink champagne that did not bubble. Yeah. So I would be very confused. <laughs> Speaking of drugs and unique drugs or unique ways of obtaining drugs, Florida woman arrested uh, for Florida a woman. DUI. But she wasn't drinking. No. No, she wasn't okay. drinking. Yeah, influence oh. is not necessarily oh. alcohol. She she wasn't smoking the reefer or anything driving okay. down the road. No, 31-year-old Catherine Theodore was huffing cans of right guard deodorant. Okay. Multiple empty cans of right guard in her car oh. discovered during a traffic stop. Wow. Mm. Mm. As the deputy made initial contact with Theodore, he could smell the strong odor of sprayed deodorant mm. inside the car. When asked, she said, I sprayed it because I really like the smell. Oh. She was drinking earlier in the day. <laughs> which, that makes about right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, by the way, that was in Tampa. So, if you're... If you're out there, if you're going to the tournament, look out. <laughs> what, what? If you see right guard cans on the side of the road, be mm. careful. Um, finally, mm. last one. A New York City man who needed to be rescued twice on consecutive days while hiking in northern Arizona is urging others to pay more attention to weather, winter weather than he did. That's what you get when you leave from New York City. <laughs> twice on consecutive days? Who was this, Billy Crystal? <laughs> Slickers, baby. I tell you what, his oh butt man would have got left out there the second day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you Fool not me learn once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Yeah. Right, come on. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> Unless you are an experienced alpine mountaineer, do not attempt Humphreys Peak in the winter. There's so much snow, it's difficult to follow the trail. Very easy to fall off of it. Moreover, the wind is absolutely brutal. Philip Vasto said in an online post. So, 28 years old, called 911 Wednesday at 7 to say he got lost. Um, and then. Well, if you're lost, how do you expect us to find it? You know? <laughs> I guess cell phone, right? And then apparently called them the next day as well at uh, 5 o'clock to say he needed help injuring, after injuring himself in a fall near the ridge. Mm. So, just goes to show. Mm-hmm. New York City. Where'd you get your salsa? I can I can assure you that that's not going to happen to me. <laughs> because you're not going to be on the Alpine Mountains, no. Humphreys Peak? No, no. I hear you. Mm. All right, that's going to do it for this Wednesday edition. Before we let you go, we want to let we do want to say Bearden currently leading Blackman, one loss Blackman, 21-15 at the half in Class 4A. Mm. So, there you go. Defensive struggle, huh? Good information there. We'll be back tomorrow with the final score of that one and other games as well. And Heather Williams talking NASCAR. We've got Marlon Sims, Sims, the head coach of Cane Ridge, coming at you. So plenty to come back to tomorrow. Y'all hang out with us. We'll see you at 2 o'clock on Main Street Sports today for JP and Mo. I'm Chris Yao saying have a great hump day. See you on the backside.